the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's presented by WinBet. Get started today. You don't get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. And download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by Prop Swap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. Finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. The NBA Finals free roll contest locks at the end of this week, guys. So make sure to get your entry in for a free shot at winning $1,000. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store to check it out. And welcome, everyone, to Wednesday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. That alone does not do it justice, what we have to talk about today. Just an absolutely stunning 15 hours in the NBA going from that game last night with Kevin Durant with an absolutely all-time playoff performance. One of the greatest I've ever seen. And then... This morning we wake up and we get news that Chris Paul is in COVID protocols. And as we suspected on the last show, that Kawhi Leonard's knee injury was something that was worth um, a second look. And he's obviously out for game five and status for the rest of the series. I'm assuming the rest of the season is in doubt. Um, looked pretty bad. So Munaf, just absolutely crazy last few hours um yeah how are you bro <laughs> i'm i'm processing everything right now because we were especially me last night after that kd performance i was on a high i was like i was about to message you i was like i'm ready to record right now but <laughs> i'm glad like you said this morning i'm glad we waited to record with you know some of the news coming down this morning with obviously cp3 and like you suspected, Kawhi Leonard, I actually didn't had hadn't seen the uh, actual injury to uh, Kawhi until this morning. Um, I was just taking his word for it when he said that he's going to be fine. But I, I think you hit the nail on the head that it looked a little more serious than what uh, what it was. So um, lots to get to here. But uh, man, this is crazy. Absolutely crazy. I mean, look, we I think we got to just be at the point where we accept that injuries are part of the game and yeah. this season was always going to come down to the battle of the fittest. It's not worth I mean, look, it's a little bit sad to see all this, of course, feel for the players. They put so much work into this and then to get injured in this moment. But um, we got to deal with the cards we're dealt. Still got games to bet on. Still got lines. So we're going to keep going. And let's start with the positive. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Plays 48 minutes and just an absolute legacy cementing game as one of the greatest players of all time. And, you know, it was not just the offense of the supernova scoring, but the rebounding, the the passing, and then just locking in on the defensive end as well. I think he had three blocks, two steals, rim protection, getting out on the perimeter, locking up Chris Middleton, and to play 48 minutes and just – be a leader and and just throw his heart out there. I mean, it just really is a fitting 
fitting aspect of the narrative of, of KD's career and his career arc and just a absolutely all-time game. So, Munaf, we both cashed a plus four. We cashed that money line. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we got to start with this KD performance. I mean, just stunningly good basketball from Kevin Durant and and the heart to go along with it, too. They say stars or superstars or legends are made in the playoffs, and I think Kevin yeah. Durant probably cemented that for me last night with his incredible performance in game five and you know kind of backtracking you know kevin durant has got he's gotten a lot of slander because of him joining the golden state warriors and and taking the easy road to get titles but you know that's all in the past now but if we're, we're focusing on what happened last night and what he did uh man i, I was especially in that fourth quarter last night i i knew that every time this guy was going to get up a shot it was going in and and it, and it pretty much was in that fourth quarter man every shot that he was making i was screaming and yelling and, and all excited for uh kevin durant and just 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 i mean there's no i don't have words for what he was able to do last night and i just really think he took the will out of, out of the milwaukee bucks um Man, God, it's crazy. Try dropping a triple double. I know Sean had the uh, triple double for Kevin Durant. I was, I want to, I want to ask him what he got. A uh, price was that? Uh, what price was, he got? I think for it was that? eight to one is where I saw it. I didn't, oh, I didn't really? see what Sean took, but eight to okay. one. I did see. So, yeah, I mean, still not bad, right? Eight to one, but like you said, he was doing it all. You know, scoring, being a leader, rebounding the basketball, um, getting the guys in the right places. There was a one play in particular last night where Joe Harris and Kevin Durant were lined or uh, on spots on opposite end of the floors down on the towards corners and three point line. And he came across and he told Joe Harris to make a hard cut. And he said, hurry up and cut. And he set that pick and Joe Harris got underneath the basket and Harden threw him a bullet and he got an easy layup. So I think those are the little things that Kevin Durant, his high IQ, brings to the floor and it was just I was just so happy for him to have that performance last night and will the Nets do a victory yeah and obviously look the Bucks had complete control of that game up 17 in the second quarter yeah. up 16 and a half and the Nets just kept kind of chipping away they weren't really able to get stops in that third quarter and then in the fourth quarter they kind of buckled down so I mean let, let's take the game kind of as a whole where do we want to start I mean did, did the Bucks blow this game in your opinion yeah, I, I, I as an, an incredible performance that Kevin Durant and even Jeff Green, we'll, we'll get to him in a yeah. little bit, who was absolutely fantastic. But the Milwaukee Bucks were up 17, like we mentioned, and then this offense just kind of disappeared and they just looked like shell shocked. Like they were not able, to, they weren't able to get anything going. Um, Giannis did his absolute best. But when the when the game mattered, especially in that fourth quarter, the last possession where he lost the ball and they got the turnover, Kevin Durant picked it up. Um, you know, it, it almost seems like that coach Bud. I think he's already. If they don't get to the championship, I think he's out the door. What do you think? No, I completely agree. I mean, look now and now at this. I mean, the Bucks. If they don't win the title this year, I mean that. The, Everything is breaking their way. I mean, yeah, every, every other yeah. team is crumbling with injuries. Joel Embiid is injured. James Harden is, what, what 20%? Uh, yeah. Kyrie's out. The West, Kawhi is knocked out for you. LeBron <laughs> is knocked out for you. I mean, 
if the Bucks don't win the title this year, it's just stunning considering their health. But let's let's start with the Bucks offensively. I saw a sure. lot of people ragging on them. Look, I think for the Nets, we did, and and Jeff Green really did make the impact that I think a lot of people thought he could in terms of just he is a a capable matchup on Giannis. Now, obviously, Giannis still put up the counting stats, but the Nets did a great job of battling. I think personnel wise, the Nets did a good job. They kind of just went all offense, right? Claxton didn't really play much in this game. You had a lot of, you really just had Blake and Jeff as your two bigs. Mike James barely played. It was mainly shamming off the bench. And I think that that decision was kind of just, we have to have all this shooting out on the floor because we can't allow them to start doubling James Harden because he is not at like capable of kind of busting out of that. And if they're going to double KD, we saw they were getting wide up in threes, whether that's for Jeff Green or Blake Griffin, who was three of six from three as well. And then Landry Shaman, who I thought played a really nice game on both ends as well. So I thought the Nets did a really good job of, they went to their all offense personnel, but they still really battled on the defensive end. And obviously when KD plays like an all first team, all defense player, and you have Jeff Green kind of battling, I think Joe Harris and Landry Shaman did a pretty good job as well. Um, So, I thought the Nets did a good job. And and for the Bucs, I mean, when you have P.J. Tucker or Brooke Lopez out there, it gave James Harden a place to hide. And I thought that, you know, mm-hmm. a big part of that game, p- people are coming out of that saying, okay, you know, how did you, how did you not get Drew on a James and, and kind of, you know, just cook James in isolation all day? Now, they did some of that, but not enough, yeah. I don't think. But yeah. they were doing a good job of battling. And when you have Brooke Lopez and P.J. Tucker, who literally all they do on that offense is stand in the corner – that allowed James to just do that as well. And he really couldn't move it. I mean, at all. He had yeah. no help, couldn't get, an, you know, all the offensive rebounds the Bucks were getting down the stretch was just James being un- unable to move. And then, obviously, the iconic, other than KD, the iconic moment from this game will be Giannis posting up James Harden on one yep. leg with like a minute and a half left and Harden looking off help and saying, I'm good, I got this. I mean, if, if the Bucks lose this series and – you know, we start coming for Giannis, that will just be an iconic moment by James Harden. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think the Bucs, there's still enough there to take it away, to take away and going into game six. They're obviously favored by five and a half in game six, rightfully so. But yeah. offensively, they just continue to crumble late in games and they have no identity. And Giannis is just kind of caught in this, Yes, you've got to go to the rim every time, but he doesn't want to go to the foul line because he can't make shots there. And then he also gets kind of like suckered into trying to prove himself with these fadeaways and pull-ups yeah. and and um, just for the Bucks offensively, just kind of crumbling late. It, it, it almost like the Bucks offense, it, it seems like whatever they did in the regular season obviously worked because it's a regular season. Like they were able to get up a whole bunch of three pointers and they have the shooters right in the regular season. But when you get to the postseason, and we've talked about this numerous times that it turns into a half court game and Giannis for some reason, or because like we've talked about the lack of jump shot and, and whatever it is, the, Milwaukee Bucks, and this I think this really falls on Coach Bud, is that they need to run this offense either through Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton and have Giannis play off the ball if they're going to have success in these playoffs. And we're, st- we're still seeing where Giannis is bringing the ball up the court and, and dribbling and trying to get into the paint and dunk it. And like you said, he's afraid to get fouled and get to the foul line where he can't make his free throws. Last night, he was four of seven from the free throw line, but that's not going to be good enough. And, you know, Chris Middleton, eight of 22, 25 points. Drew Holiday, for a great of a series he had against the Miami Heat, 
I think he's pretty been only the one game winning shot he had in game uh, four. He's kind of been irrelevant for me, at least. And I haven't seen much. And then they haven't really gotten anything from the bench. Um, Breen Forbes, 13 minutes last night. Why is Pat Conton playing 32 minutes is my biggest question because, and Bobby Port is not getting any minutes either. So it, 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 as much as we talked about Kevin Durant having just a iconic game last night, the Bucks were probably even worse in that second half because, again, they were getting whatever they wanted in that first half, especially in the paint. And we take a look at kind of the final stats. They were 52, they were plus 20 inside the paint. So I think they need to do a better job of, of getting inside the paint and finishing at the rim if they want to even the series up back at home in game six and then potentially win in game seven. So, um, Kind of my thoughts for the Bucks right there. Yeah, and obviously uh, 29 points in the first quarter, tw- 30 in the second, 28 in the third, and then just 21 yeah. in the fourth quarter. And, you know, you look at kind of what these teams should be with, you know, the Brooklyn Nets. We're literally looking at Kevin Durant, a hobble James Harden, and not much else. They still mustered 27 assists in this game and nine turnovers. The Bucks only yeah. 18 assists and uh, 12 turnovers. I mean, they kind of got sucked into this isolation game. So for the Bucs, I mean, look, that first half is definitely the blueprint for them. I thought they had a really nice first half, obviously, building a 16-point yeah. lead. But it's really the mental side for them now. Is like, yeah, you're going home, and you definitely – if they don't win that game six at home, that's kind of like an embarrassment. But the mental cracks came up again, and this series should be 3-2 Milwaukee going back there, and and now it's, it's not. And you obviously – you can't afford to miss opportunities uh, in that situation. Um, and then you know, let's switch to the other side of the ball, Brooklyn offensively. I mean, what'd you make of the, of the PJ versus Chris versus Giannis guarding KD? Cause I think that's kind of the going to be the takeaway. Giannis wants yeah. to guard KD. Look, I, I don't think Giannis can guard KD. He, yes. Look, he got that one stop on a strip and help defense. He gets blown by, by KD. He can't guard him on the perimeter. Yeah. And look, the personnel, that's not what Giannis does. Giannis is a flying around rim protector type type, and that's sure. what makes him so good defensively. And look, if you put him out in the perimeter, that leaves Brooke Lopez back and drop, and KD's been eating that up all day. And if you don't have Brooke Lopez on the floor, then you don't have any rim protection whatsoever, and it's just Gian- KD busting his man off the dribble and flying in for a layup. So I don't think that the Giannis adjustment is the right one to make, but what did you think of kind of those three guys and their time spending gar- guarding KD? Again, you hit the nail on the head that P.J. Tucker is probably the best defensive matchup for the Bucs to be on Kevin Durant. We saw early in the first half that he was still giving him fits, but... And he got the foul trouble that that we predicted. He finished the game with five fouls, yeah. Right, and then in the second half where Kevin Durant, no matter who you put on him, he was just going to make a shot no matter what. And you have those type of nights from these superstar players in our league. It's funny that in after the game, Giannis comes out and says, okay, if the coaches want me to guard KD in game six, I'm going to do that. But if he's going to guard KD in game six, that's going to wear him out on the defensive end because Kevin Durant, we know, is a handful, right? Then who's going to be scoring your points on the offensive end? Are you going to rely on Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday to carry you on that side? So... Again, it's the back and forth, the chess matches in these playoffs within any series, and especially in this Bucks and Nets, is it's intriguing because it's like you know Steve Nash has a great coaching staff with him with Mike D'Antoni and some of the other guys they have there. 
And like, if you take a look at, at coach bud during the game, they kind of zoom in on the camera. He just kind of looks lost and it's going to be, I, I think you can't change what you've done against Kevin Durant. He, we knew that he was going to have a great night, right? PJ Tucker is the best matchup. Believe that, but you're back at home where you, I don't think you've lost a, a home game in the playoffs. And I think you've won. I think they said 12 straight at home. Just use that momentum to give even this series up and, 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 and get to game seven. But I, I mean, at, at what point do you hold Giannis and, and, and coach Bud accountable? Right. And, and I keep on saying that coach Bud will be gone at the end of the season but and then on the flip side, Jeff Green had a great night for the Milwaukee Bucks, and I, I want to get your thoughts on. I said this last time is that James Harden was so bad, but he was so good at the same time for for the Nets. Just want to get your thoughts on those two guys. Yeah, I mean Jeff Green, obviously seven of eight from three, eight of eleven from the floor, plus twelve in his thirty five minutes, and did well on Giannis defensively. And then yeah, the, the jumper was falling, and he saved. He obviously was key to Brooklyn in this game. I mean they yeah. they don't they, there's no chance they win this game without him. He w- was kind of that that guy that you know honestly feeling the Joe Harris role. Joe Harris, I mean, what's up with him? He kind of has like the yips or something right now. Yeah. I don't know what's good with him, but. Jeff Green, for him to step up like that, and he was really the best guy that was playing with KD in kind of a two-man game. A lot of pick-and-pop action, him spotting up, and, you know, knocking down the jumper was absolutely huge. And, you know, you said role players step up at home, and I thought Jeff Green was huge. I also think uh, one thing I did want to say was, you know, Milwaukee was called for 24 fouls in this game, five more than Brooklyn was. Brooklyn shoots eight more free throws, shoots them better as well. That's kind of the difference in this game. You look at the math, and – that was nice for Brooklyn to get that home whistle, the Bucks' physical style. PJ ends up with five fouls. Giannis ends up obviously fouling out in the very end. Um, Chris and Brooke also had four apiece, so that was nice. And then for James Harden, I mean, 46 minutes basically on one leg, not even not, – not at 50% even. I mean, he really couldn't run, um, but – he is so strong physically that he had just enough to kind of throw bodies off him, open up passing angles, comes up with eight assists, six rebounds, only the five points, but, and obviously the three ball wasn't falling, but just for him yeah. to be out there as another ball movement, ball exactly. mover, super capable passer. And then I thought he just gave everybody confidence. I mean, yeah. having James Harden out there, even if he's that hobbled instead of Mike James or, you know, whoever else it would be, I guess, more Shamit or like yeah. Chris Chioza or something. Just having James out there, I thought, was just so big for everybody's confidence and feeling like, okay, we have enough to go do this. Let's do this instead of being like, oh, we're literally down to our last superstar. Um, so, look, I mean, I think the question of James Harden's health, obviously he didn't get a an, an extreme re-injury last night. I, I doubt that that was good for his rehab in terms of, like, getting back to square one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think also the 46 minutes, it's crazy when you say it. And obviously you look at Bud, again, skeptical that Kevin Durant, James Harden, or James Harden on one leg and Kevin Durant, two years up an Achilles injury, played more minutes than any buck in this game. Yeah. Um, and, and they just went balls to the wall, and the Bucks didn't do that. Giannis only played 42, but... For James as well, I think there is an element to okay. If he sits down, then he gets starts getting tight again, and he, they probably they probably work so hard pregame to loosen him up. That was like we want to just keep him jogging around out there. But yeah, I, I think the Bucks can do a better job of taking advantage of him on the defensive end in Game Six. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that this was why you put James Harden out there to live to fight another day, and now you have two chances if you're Brooklyn. I think you got to feel pretty good about that. 
especially coming home for game seven if it gets there. But, you know, I, I still think that game six is Brooklyn is definitely live there. Um, and then the rest of Brooklyn's lineup, I mean, honestly, Blake Griffin played great, but between Harris and Brown, neither of those guys really showed up. So it, it wasn't really like a crazy team effort. It was really just KD, Jeff Green, and Blake Griffin, and, and, yeah. then, and then Hart everywhere else. But just a, a great win and, and a great game for Brooklyn. Um, any, anywhere else you want to go on this matchup? No, I, I think Kevin Durant, hit, uh, he, he talked about, you know, uh, the reporter asked him how important was it to have James Arden on the floor, and he said – you know, James Harden's giving everything he has out there. We talked about how durable and, and physical this guy is, but I think for them just to have another ball handler on the yeah. floor and let it KD get to his spots on the offensive side, I think was absolutely huge. The numbers, the box score is not going to indicate what James Harden met last night. If you actually watched the game last night, if I told you this guy was one of 10, Oh, of eight uh, from three point line, but he was still plus four. Um, uh, on his plus minus versus Blake Griffin, who was minus four. So um, hopefully he gets more treatment uh, going into game six. Um, maybe he, if you get even 10 to 15 points out of James Harden, that's going to be good enough. And I think Kevin Durant, again, is going to have another great performance in game six. The one guy we're still waiting for is Joe Harris. And if he's going to knock down three point shots, it's really going to help this team out. Game five, Blake Griffin and Jeff Green were those two guys for the Nets. Who's it going to be in game six? We're all looking for Joe Harris to have that game. So it almost seems like Joe Harris is just trying to do too much versus he just needs to play his game and be the player that yeah. that fits into this offense is just shoot those three-point shots, right, and, and just knock them down. Let everybody else do their job. Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden, let them do their job. You just got to knock down three-point shots and help out your offense. But, um, you know, again, great, great performance by Kevin Durant. We're on to game six, and um, we'll see what happens in Milwaukee. Yeah, and also for Brooklyn, I mean, look, James Harden, regardless of how healthy he is, he he got open looks on the step back. They weren't falling. I mean, he easily could have been, you know, three of eight from three tonight yeah. and, and turn this game into, you know, maybe a 10-point win. So sure. I, I think he still like to have him out there and obviously just gutty by him and gutty by KD to play all 48. Now, obviously, yeah. it's concerning that KD is playing all 48, but, you know, you're not going to question it right now. Um, but Unbelievable game five in Brooklyn. Looking forward to game six. But with that, let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and get to some of the other news and series. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast presented by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get into all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of the $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, being a degen, million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7? Are you kidding me? Sometimes you just need a moment to turn it off and hit reset. That's when you got to reach for Coors Light. It's literally made to chill. Mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. 
It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. All right, Muna, so turning to the games for tonight, we can kind of, uh, we got two games on the slate tonight. We'll obviously incorporate this Kawhi news into our discussion of Jazz Clippers. So let's start there. We had this game at at Jazz minus two and a half. We get the injury news that Kawhi Leonard is out for tonight and likely out for the series. Jazz now up to minus seven for tonight. Uh, Total at 221. So your kind of impressions of what the Clippers can do without Kawhi is is a death sentence. And uh, where are you going with this seven-point spread tonight? Yeah, um, if you were one of the fortunate ones like me to grab that minus two and a half, minus three when the news broke, uh, I think you're sitting in good shape. So, um, but being during the regular season, Kawhi, the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, I think I saw it where they were, I think six and five straight up and then five and six against the spread. So, but now you're going into Utah, which is probably one of the two, three best home court advantages. And you know, Utah always shoots better at home. Um, This all falls on the uh, shoulders of uh, Paul George now. And for all the slander that he got last season uh, for his performance in the playoffs, this is a time for him to get that redemption. So if he goes out and somehow wills this Clippers team to a victory, um, I think we can stop that slander for, for Paul George, but this is, a, I mean, a huge blow for the Clippers, right? And, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard was, you know, one of probably the best players in the NBA playoffs this season. Um, but, you know, to lose a like, guy like that, it's it's really going to be tough. Now we talk about, again, role players having to step up. You got to kind of highlight, you know, Reggie Jackson is going to have to really be that that second guy for them scoring. Uh, Marcus Morris is going to have to be good. Luke Kennard. So I think the three-point shooting for the for the uh, L.A. Clippers is going to be really important tonight. Yeah, and I, I look at this game tonight. I think this is going to be a jazz blowout all the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that the Clippers are even live in this game. Yeah. Um, just to get this injury news kind of morning of, and I guess Wendy is saying that he, that he told that team last night that he wouldn't yeah. be able to go, but the right. news didn't break till this morning. But mm-hmm. I think that's just so deflating, especially coming back tied up at two, two with Kawhi Leonard, obviously being the best player in the series. And now you lose him going back on the road. And it's, you know, what's even different is that it's, you don't really need this game. You know, I don't expect to even win this game. I think if you're the Clippers, it's really easy to fall into the mindset of, okay, you know, we, we lose game five, we come back game six, hopefully Kawhi plays. And then you, you just, you know, leave it all out there in game seven. So I think for Utah, I, I, I like this minus seven for Utah. I mean, obviously I wish yeah. I, I wish I grabbed it earlier, but um, it's just a really deflating situation and now with Kawhi out that's you know another perimeter defender down more energy that they can just throw at Paul George um it's just gonna be really tough out there for the Clippers tonight mentally and uh you know personnel scheme wise so I do like the Jazz minus seven here um maybe even like Jazz first quarters at minus two right now um Mm -hmm. that maybe that might be a good bet uh we all we have seen both teams start slow in this series but it's just gonna be really tough without uh without Kawhi any thoughts on this total at 221? I definitely want to talk about some player props here if we have any without Kawhi. 
Uh, as far as the total, I mean, you probably want to take a look at maybe Jazz uh, first quarter or first half team totals. I think if it's a blowout in that second half, then, you know, obviously your starters are going to sit with Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles and, and Bogdanovich. So, you know, that scoring power might not be there. So um, if you're looking at totals, I think that's one way to attack it. And then again, wait, wait for those live opportunities, man. Like I said yesterday in the Nets and um, Clip, oh, sorry, the Nets and um Bucks, Godly. <laughs> That's in Bucks. Is that wait for that uh, live line because we saw in the first half they only dropped 102 points, I believe. And then in the second half, they went off for 119. And the game got over, even the pregame total went over the total. So um, I think this might be another another game for you to kind of um, just wait and see and how, how these teams kind of come out. But I love your ankle on that first quarter, Jazz yeah. minus two. They, they, they know that this team is going to be rattled. Uh, without having their best player on the floor, it's just time for them to come out and and, and take the Clippers by the throat and, and make a statement in that first quarter. Yeah, and I obviously, I mean, this just kind of a, a changes everything. Now the Jazz kind of uh, look like they should be able to probably walk towards the uh, conference finals. Jazz series price sitting at yeah. minus 270. I mean, wow. is that is that even worth taking? Uh, like, it, it doesn't seem like – I mean – I think there's obviously the chance that Kawhi comes back for game six. We don't really know what the injury is yet, but I find a hard time to believe that if it's a, actually something with the knee that it's only going to be like a two-day injury because it, it wasn't like a bruise or anything. It was like a tweak. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that they didn't really specify like what it was, if it's like a sprain or or uh, hyperextended or, or whatever it is or a bruise, like you said. So um, I think that's kind of curious, but – um. Yeah, I mean, I think you want to get into the player props. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not seeing any, any for the yeah, Clippers. I, I think for the Clippers. Yeah. So that that's kind. Of, I mean, I I do think that Marcus Morris is someone who's going to have to kind of be that second star for them. Uh, I I wonder kind of who they go to Mora. I'm guessing a lot more Luke Kennard. I think you got, you yeah. kind of just got to find a way to get offense out there. And similar to what the Nets did last night, I think if if you get a lot of shooting around Paul George. And Paul George has a Herculean performance. You can kind of muster it up again. Like if you get a couple guys that, like we saw last night, if you have a Jeff Green type shooting performance alongside a main star who can do that, and Paul George is definitely capable of it. Now he's not. I don't think he's likely to put up anything close to what KD did last night. But I think you got to get Kennard out there, definitely Morris, and then you know just continue with shooting. I mean, I, I still think they have a capable team they can throw out there between. George Batum and Morris, that's still three really capable wings. And um, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I do still kind of want to bury them tonight in game five, but I, yeah. still think they, I still think they can come back and win game six at home, even without Kawhi. But um, yeah, for player props for tonight, I guess I would probably be looking at Reggie, Marcus Morris, and maybe Kennard. I don't know. Kennard would be a good one, yeah. Yeah. Um, quickly, you know, a lot of times when, especially if you have a local or some of these offshore books that wherever you're betting is that they do take like the points props and those, those main statistic, uh, props down if a player like Kawhi gets injured so they can, you know, recalculate and put the numbers back up. Or sometimes if you look at, uh, player <laughs> props that are with, uh, other players, meaning, so for example, on one of my books right now, I'm looking at, it says, uh, group A, so pretty much like the elite players that are playing tonight between Mitchell, Embiid, Trey Young, Paul George, Harris, and Kawhi. 
it says most points are scored between who's going to have the most points between these six guys. Kawhi Leonard is still listed there at plus 330. Paul George right now is sitting at plus uh, plus 900. So I locked in Paul George to score the most points out of that group. We know Joel Embiid is injured. We'll get to that game in here in a second. But for these, some of these books not to recognize that Kawhi Leonard is out and you know there might be where they kind of slip up a little bit. So I think if you really shop around and deep, deep dig into those prop sections of your books, you'll be able to find where the market made a mistake or hasn't taken a certain prop down. So I grabbed an eight to one for Paul George to be the leading score tonight between Donovan Mitchell, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, Tobias Harrison, Kawhi Leonard, obviously with Kawhi out. Yeah, that's nice right there. And obviously, yep. anytime you got a big injury news dropping, it's kind of like a rush to get to the site before they update their own Twitter feed and get the windy yep. report in. So uh, that, that's always interesting. I, I was uh, able to not able to do that this morning, which was a unfortunate. Um, anything else on this Clippers Jazz matchup for tonight? No, man, that, that's it. I, I think, like you said, I think this should be a Jazz blowout tonight. But um, that was pretty much it. Sounds good. Let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and get us some Sixers Hawks. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA Championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out of teams as the postseason progresses every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time last week a PropSwap customer purchased a Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup future for 45 bucks when a team was down 3-1 against the Leafs a few days later he flipped it for 600 bucks but PropSwap your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money it just needs to improve think stock market but for sports betting Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Plus, the app is the exclusive way to enter all the SGPN contests, including our SGPN $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. The contest locks at the end of this week, guys. So just download the app, hit the contest tab for your chance to take them $1,000. And don't forget to toss an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the break, I guess we should also mention the, uh, I mean, the, the Suns obviously aren't playing tonight and we don't really know much about it. But Chris Paul also, obviously, another Western Conference injury-related news. Chris Paul goes into the COVID-19 protocols. Um, very limited reporting out there as of right now as to what the situation is. It's, it's He's out for an indefinite amount of time. There's obviously a lot of speculation around that. We don't really need to speculate, but it does seem like his status will be in doubt for the beginning of that Western Conference final series. So I think if you're the Suns, you obviously got to root for this Clippers-Jazz series to go seven. Hopefully get as much yeah. time for CP3 to whatever is going on with him to get cleared by the NBA's uh, staff. But obviously just another just bomb being dropped this morning in the NBA. Uh, you know, this stuff is just always like this. So, um, you know, prayers up to him. Hopefully he's good, but it seems like he's good. It's just that he's uh, going to be in the protocol. So it's kind of waiting for it to get cleared. So we've got to obviously keep following that. But 
Not much else to say in the Western Conference to go to the Eastern Conference semifinals where we have another game five, hopefully um, one that's not as affected by injuries. But we obviously know that Joel Embiid was very, very uh, down at the end of uh, that game four with a terrible performance. Couldn't really get any lift off that knee. So a similar injury, you know, to not 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 as much to James Harden, but just like he, he it seems like he's kind of going to wear down over the course of the series. But tonight, yeah. Sixers favored by six and a half at home, total at 224. Moon up, where are you going with this game here? Yeah, and I think for the Sixers is that we've talked about all season how they're not a good road team, but they're absolutely fantastic at home. And I think that'll probably come into fruition again tonight. And I do like the Sixers minus six and a half. Look, last game we mentioned that they only scored, what, 38 points or something like that in the second half. And whether that was because of Joel Embiid's injury or, you know, it was starting to wear on him in that second half of the game, I I think they really need to establish Tobias Harris early in this game and kind of let Joel Embiid save his legs for the second half where 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 the game really slows down. So... Uh, I'm looking for the Sixers to have Tobias Harris kind of be that lead guy in the first quarter. Um, but I, I, for some reason, I really love the Sixers team at home tonight. They know it's a big game. You don't, Like we talked about for the Bucks the other night, or sorry, uh, on the podcast yesterday, is that you're at home. You want to get up three games to two going in back to Atlanta. You don't want to be down three to two going in, into the uh, the road team's arena. So, I like Sixers to take care of business tonight. Maybe if you want to put it together, it's a little chalky parlay, but if you want to do Sixers and Jazz uh, money line or maybe a Jazz first quarter spread with the uh, Sixers uh, money line, uh, I think that might be an angle to look at. But I, I like the Sixers to come out and, and be focused here tonight at home and uh, looking for Tobias Harris to have a big game here tonight. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that the Sixers do get this done. I kind of like the over here, honestly. I think that um, the Hawks really did find something offensively at the end in the the first and and second half of of that game in in game four. And I think for the Sixers, um, obviously, Joel Embiid's not going to be the same guy defensively getting out on the floor, changing everything. So I think the kind of if if he is limited, I think the Sixers are going to ask him to kind of spend more of that limited energy on the offensive end. I think both these teams can kind of figure each other out a little bit. So I like this over at 224 on the side. Yeah, I think I think Philly, um, I, I would go there as well. I mean, it, look, it's super chalky, but what about even a Sixers, Jazz, Bucks parlay um, yeah, yeah. for game six? I mean, I, I, obviously, I think one of those teams probably busted out because it's just too obvious. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, coming here in game five, I definitely think the Sixers get this done. Obviously, Joel Embiid has the – questionable tag on him again which he's had in every single game in this series so nothing to really be concerned with i obviously expect him to play um but yeah i mean it's gonna be interesting to see where this number goes throughout the day i mean it's yeah. sitting, at, sitting at six and a half right now if this could if this rises a little bit more i i definitely would be able to see a case for the hawks coming back you definitely could see this being a close game um and and obviously trey young continuing to get busy in, in, in his ability to lead this hawks team so Definitely looking forward to this one tonight. Obviously, with the Kawhi Leonard injury news, this kind of becomes the primetime game for tonight. So looking forward to watching this one. Where are you going on that total at 224? Yeah, I agree with you. I'll, I'll take the over in this game. I mean, 
we take a look at the so kind of going back to the spread if you think the sixers are going to win this game then you probably do like that minus six and a half minus seven because the two victories that they've had against the hawks uh in this series they've both been by 16 points so they're they've kind of really blown them out and then um i think sixers team total might be a worth a look too because in their victories all throughout the playoffs against the wizards um they put up 120 plus i know the wizards are a bad defense but even against the atlanta hawks they put up 118 in a victory and then 127 in a victory so um sixers aren't prone to win these close games or, or when it kind of comes down to defensive uh in a defensive game they usually like putting up a lot of points and just blowing their opponents out um as for the total yeah like, i'll agree with you on the 224 i'll take the over there um I think we should we should see better shooting here tonight, and we know the Sixers just shoot the ball better at home too. So you know, driving off their crowd, um, I'll probably be looking at a Sixers team total also tonight uh, as well as the over. Yeah, any uh, player props you like tonight? Yeah, and like I mentioned, Tobias Harris, I think is a guy that you probably want to take a look at. Um, let me see if I can pull up his points prop here. Uh, I see it right now at. 21 and a half. Um, you know, he's consistently been getting 20 points in these in the in, in the series here against Atlanta. I'm trying to quickly pull up his um box score here. Let's see. So last game he had 20, 22, 22, and 20. So he's been right at that mark of 22. So um, you know, look for Tobias Harris to play well. And then uh, you might probably want to look at uh Ben Simmons rebounding props. He's been having a great series uh, rebounding the ball for the uh, Sixers. Currently seeing that at seven and a half uh, at minus 110. So I think those are two props I do like for tonight. Okay, there we go. And This morning is getting fucking crazy because Stan Van Gundy just got fired as the Pelicans coach as well after one wow. season. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This yeah, the, the NBA is absolutely going off right now. Um thoughts on that? I mean, I, it was only one season, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. That's just some huge report after one season Stan Van Dunkundy <laughs> is out as a New Orleans Pelicans coach. Um I don't know, man. I think that when you kind of hire these old school coaches with like the young players, it, it rarely works because it, it's it's a shooter's league now and it's a three-point shooting league. And Stan Van Gundy was the guy that prided himself on guys playing defense. So um it almost seems like like Mike D'Antoni's like a perfect fit for that for that team now because of the offensive capabilities that they have. But I, I don't know, man. This is getting crazy. Maybe we should just stay on for a couple more, a couple more minutes and wait for some more bombs to drop. But yeah, this is wait. absolutely crazy. Yeah. So Stan Van Gundy out. So current open positions: Celtics, Pacers, Pelicans, Magic, Blazers. What is the best opening in your eyes? I mean, I think it's between Celtics, Pelicans, and Blazers. Obviously, can coach Zion, can coach yeah. Dame, or can coach Tatum and Brown. I mean, which of those would you uh, say is the best opening right now? I probably have to go with Boston because they have young superstars on that team, right? And they yeah. have the capabilities to make facilitate some trades because they have some pieces there, whether you want to move. Obviously, they're going to move on from Kemba Walker. That's what the reports are. Um, and then, you know, you have Jalen Brown and, and you have other pieces that you can move around. So I think Boston's probably one. And then number two, 
depending on what the commitment is from Damian Lillard's day in Portland. Um, I think that would be probably number two for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Zion, I mean, I think there's also the broader implication of you have to think Zion approved this or like, you know, was yeah. at least, was at least signed off on it. Or if, if not, we don't want to speculate, but maybe even was a driving force behind it. Just this like, a stunning few day few days in the NBA. Yeah. I, I I would probably say that Boston's the best job as well. You have obviously a lot of organizational stability. You have Brad Stevens now, who I expect to be a very good executive. Um, but we will have to see on that end. But obviously, a stable organization, a great organization. You have Tatum and Brown locked in 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 New Orleans. I think if you if you think that Zion is the transcendent, you know, next man up, then maybe you want to rise up with him. I think they like Mike D'Antoni is someone I would like and see in new Orleans. I would also maybe like to see it. And, and he is a really progressive coach. So I don't think that mm-hmm. this concerns everybody. I would love like a young coach to kind of rise up with, with Zion kind of like he saw with Taylor Jenkins, with John Morant in, in Memphis and how they've kind of coalesced as a really like a, a youthful team. I think you're, you're right. Stan van as an older coach was never really a great fit there. Um, yeah like trying to get them to buy in on defense. I mean, those old tropes are important. We saw it work with Thibodeau in New York, but, you know, on a younger team like that, I think you want to kind of find your freedom first on the, especially on the offensive end. But um, yeah, holy cow. I mean, third, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the, the report said that number one, Kevin O'Connor said that, Two serious candidates are the assistant coaches, Teresa Weatherspoon and Charles Lee, um, to replace him as serious candidates. But I think it'll be an outside hire. And then another note that this will be moving on to a third coach in three seasons for Zion. So I think that this hire is going to be the most important in probably in the history of the New Orleans Pelicans because uh, you have a, yeah. a guy like uh, uh, Zion and Ben Brandon Ingram on this team. So we talk about every single podcast. It's going to be an interesting offseason for these teams, and it just keeps on piling up. And uh, wow, yeah, I mean, this is just this is this is just crazy. I mean, I'm 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 speechless at at the amount of uh reporting coming out and I did just see another um another tweet that I definitely think is worth is worth kind of closing on is just in light of all this just we go back to what Kevin Durant did last night. Um and just that is what this is all about is performances like that. And, you know, we have these offseason player movement and we have injuries and look, it took Kevin Durant going from OKC to Golden State to Brooklyn to have this moment. But that's kind of why we do all of it. And that was special. And, you know, we'll never forget, obviously, watching that game and can't wait to, you know, in five years, pull up the YouTube highlights of that and just marvel at that performance. So we started with the KD news. We close with the KD, or not the news, the KD performance. We close with the KD performance. Obviously, shout out to Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. That is an open-ended question. Missing game five tonight. Doubtful for the rest of the series, it appears. Chris Paul goes into the COVID protocol. Stan Van Gundy fired in New Orleans. Um, Just a a crazy 12 hours. So very fun to recap it all with you, Munaf. Uh, anything else that you want to get out to the people before we uh, sign off here this morning? Yeah. I, I, I kind of need to call out our, our, our boss, Sean stack in the money green last night in the NBA Slack channel, he was waiting for Shums to drop the report 
if James Harden was going to play or not. And I said, let me text him and find out. And I did text him and he said, he's going to play and he was still waiting for that report to come out. And then he was also upset that the Nets were having a bad first half. So I texted Harden at halftime and look what happened in the second half. They played really well. So Sean, you know, you probably don't believe me, but I do have Harden's contact information and look what happened. So uh, I'm calling you out for that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you, you definitely were very early on the uh, James Harden will play train. I don't know if the, uh, if the reasoning is appropriate to repeat on the podcast, <laughs> you know, check, check the Slack channel. If you want to get the uh, NC 17 version of why moon was so confident that, uh, that James would, would play last night, but obviously he found a way. And I, I, I mean, it's, it, I, that, Waving off help guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo in the post on one leg will go down as an all-time savage moment if if the Nets can survive in these last two games and find a way to get through. And look, I mean, who who who's the title favorite right now in your eyes? Uh, it's is it is God, it Milwaukee? Brooklyn, is it Milwaukee right? or Utah or Brooklyn? I don't know. I think it's over in Game Six. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they, the Kevin Durant ripped their hearts out in in Game Five, and I think they're going to go in there and get and sneak away this victory. So um, obviously, I'm being biased because I have future tickets on them, so I'm on a roller coaster here. But um, yeah, I think they wrap it up in Game Six. That would be crazy. That would, that that would that would remind a lot of um, the the game, and not to bring this up, but when KD got hurt the first time in, in Golden State, and then Steph and Clay went into Houston in Game Six, and they and they got that. Yeah. Was, was that Game Six? Yeah, and, and with yeah, the old the old school Steph game. Yeah. That would be look. Look, I'm I'm excited for this Game Six. I want to see what what Milwaukee does. I want to see what what Brooklyn has in the tank, and. Um, yeah, just just legendary stuff from both those guys last night, and um, can't wait to see James to James to play better in Game Six, right? Because yeah, he's on one leg, but even offensively to maybe have a better shooting night too. Yeah, so we get we get we get the news right now. Kawhi Leonard has a right knee sprain. Right knee sprain. Yeah, no timetable for a return. <laughs> so he's out indefinitely. That's what Shumps is saying. Yeah. So we will we we will uh we will have to see what happens there. So um yeah, I mean the question of who the title favorite is right now, I, I guess it, it is Brooklyn, I guess. Um you know, with the with, with this with this lead over but Utah is also pretty healthy, although Donovan's ankle and Mike Conley I mean no no one's healthy. It, it, this is stunningly wide open, <laughs> like but yeah. I said this like in the first round. I said whichever team is the healthiest at the end of this playoff run or going into the NBA Finals, it's going to win. Now, uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, it's that yeah you got Harden back, but how effective is he going to be? And then I think it's really important for them to obviously we don't know if they're going to wrap it up in Game Six, but then that just gives kind of more time for Kyrie to rest up that ankle and and maybe get him back, but we're not sure where, when Kyrie's going to be back. So yeah. Woj um, said, Woj said that Kyrie's doubtful to return in this series. And yeah. it may even take him until like game two or three of the next series. Yeah. So, so even if it gets to like, even if Berlin gets past the series, um, they get a couple extra days off. If he doesn't play in game one, uh, I think it'll be okay. But if they get him back in game two, um, by that time, maybe Harden is playing better. And then Kevin Durant is still playing at this godly world level. So, <laughs> um, like, it's there. there's a non zero chance that the Hawks get to the finals just by virtue of being the healthiest team. 
It is, right? <laughs> I mean, that that would just be – I saw a pretty funny tweet that was like – I think it was John Hollinger that was like, we're going to get a Kevin Herter versus Royce O'Neal battle in the, in the NBA Finals. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm not sure even I would watch that. <laughs> but um, I think last thing to kind of maybe wrap it up here, I think yep. that Chris Paul, um, if he was vaccinated, and I don't know what the health or the protocol is for the NBA um, – I think the Suns are going to be okay. I think they, they probably won't be playing for another week or so here. Um, but um, I think that Chris Ball thing is probably the least injury news, quote-unquote, that, that the league should be worried about because um, if he is vaccinated, I think it'll be fine. But I think it was funny that I, I kind of had a feel like when I was watching at the end of the end of the this Phoenix series that he kind of went into the stands and was like high fiving and hugging people. I was like, I'm not sure you should be doing that. And lo and behold, this morning the news comes down that he was put into the protocols. But uh, yeah, man, just stay by phone for the rest of the day or through the weekend. We don't know what more news is going to come down. This is crazy. Yeah, it's just absolutely fucking wild. Um, so with that, Moonap, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, find me on Sports Nerd eight two four, dropping MLB plays and and uh, NBA plays uh, all day long. There you go, and you can follow me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Definitely, it, this is no better day to join in our uh, Slack channel for NBA, but also golf, football, everything on there, uh, baseball as well. Um, you know, it's in full swing with all this NBA news. You got Steve and, and Capper and Nagels Bagels. They've been going off with the U.S. Open previews. So that starts tomorrow. U.S. Open pick from you, Munaf? Uh, I have I have three guys. I have Rory, uh, Finau, and I think Kokrak was my other guy. All right. There you go. I'm going to go with my boy, Brooks Kepka. Uh, shocker. <laughs> um. You know, I also do like uh, Tyrrell Hatton a lot this week. Got a good number on him. Okay. So, uh, you know, he per- struck, the, struck the ball really well last week. But yeah. golf, obviously not our show. NBA show today. Crazy show. Lots of news. Got some live news. A lot of fun. And uh, this is why we do it. So, please, if you enjoy the show, subscribe, rate, and review. Yep. Check out all the other shows on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Download the SGPN app. And uh, we will be back, I think, uh, next show, uh, maybe with Dan, or if not, then uh, McKee on Friday's show. Um, But stay tuned on the feed and uh, check out the Slack channel. Love to interact with everybody. And, you know, just the NBA never sleeps. So got the on-court craziness and the off-court craziness goes together like uh, peanut butter and jelly. So (laughs) have a good one, everybody. Good luck with your bets tonight and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to